I am talking today to Eloise Eftos, who you may have encountered on her Instagram at Weezer Squeezer. Do you know when you just see someone's work and you just, you're like, I don't know who that is, but I need to get to know them. And this is the wonderful thing about having a podcast is I can just have an excuse to throw a line out to someone and say, hey, can I interview you? I like your vibe. Let's chat. And that's what happened here. Over the course of the conversation, we talk about, most importantly, I think, the way in which Eloise repackaged her offering from being an actor and a dancer through stand-up comedy. And she has TM'd the term Australia's first good-looking comedian, which (laughs) I'm pretty sure she could stake a claim to. And throughout her recent journey of, of, of evolution as a creative, it's been all about her working out, okay, what does the industry want? How can I find a way to do me? in a platform and a package that is in that has already got some demand around it. Rather than doing what many creatives do, which is sometimes get really exhausted by looking for a way to just be the first iteration of their creative self in the commercial space. And they think, oh, well, if, if I haven't been chosen for this, the thing that I want to be first, maybe no one wants me at all. And actually, I think it's more about assessing the market, looking at what platforms and opportunities there are that already exist, and then filling those those pigeonholes your way. Work out what people are already consuming and experiment with making your art in a format that is already palatable to them because they are already consuming something that feels and looks just like it. But no one's ever consumed your version of that thing before. And that is the Trojan horse that will allow your ideas and your vibrations to come on through. Winning at their game by playing by your own rules. Something to think about. Well, that brings me nicely to my conversation with Eloise Eftos, aka Weezer Squeezer. For more on Eloise, go to her Instagram at Weezer Squeezer, which I will link in the show notes. Enjoy. It's so it's so great being able to chat with you because for before I reached out for us to do this chat, I've been, you know, a fan, just a fangirl oh. of the feed. And it was I my boyfriend you. my boyfriend Jace that suggested that, that was constantly talking about obsessing over sharing the Weezer Squeezer content feed. Oh, I love so, Jace as well. So bless what the hottest couple in Sydney. So <laughs> hello. Well, I, um, do- totally. Well, I, I so the, this is the great for me because I all I really know of is the work that I've seen on Insta and a little sense of of what the work that supports that looks like. So it gives me so the getting to know you process is going to be quite organic with me asking questions to find out you know what it what it is where it came from what so what what are you what are you working towards right now What is the Eloise Eftos uh, one hundred one focus currently very, very good question, Dan. Um, I think that um, I'm basically working towards sort of like, well, at the moment doing like the Perth Fringe Festival, which I wasn't supposed to stay and do. I'm supposed to be back in Sydney already. So um, I decided because of the situation, um, the COVID situation, I was going to stay and I am hustling hard, like doing gigs nearly every night sometimes you know three or four a night um which is a lot for me you know for most comics that's like every week but for me it's a lot and um I'm basically I think for me as an actor I've found that stand-up is such a great way 
to open other doors and also be seen and yet be able to perform every night. And I think what I'm trying to work on because of the content that you might have seen and the silly characters that I play and the impressions and accents that I learn, I'm really working towards making a really strong solo show, which I don't know how long that's going to take me, but I really hope that um, I can be in maybe like end of next year in Sydney to debut something that's going to be really powerful and not just um, funny, but also have a bit of a message as well. Cause I think that like, that's really important at the moment as well. It absolutely is. I, I'm just realizing this door is going to slam. It's, it's threatening to oh. slam. So I'm just going to close the door. No, 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 so. of course, of course. Oh my gosh, babe, all good. I'm just trying to make sure this the window. <laughs> babe, I love our little home like studios. We're so cute. Little home studios we've got. Going yes, I, I was. I'm. I'm gonna. I keep having to train myself to not look at the zoom. I have to look at. I know. I'm looking at me like, hello. Um, like, who's this little shy girl? I also, um, <laughs> I also love if we can. Um, you know that if if it turns out that this is that the wellness element is not explained, that would be really funny as well. <laughs> oh yeah, we should we should just be um, like, sorry, this is just like how me and Dan talk to each other. Like we just always are like, babe, what are you wearing today? And you're like. I'm doing an eye mask and I'm like, babe, so I'm doing a schmear. How about you? Um, well, no, it's, <laughs> it's funny that you, it's funny that you should say, talk about the, the, the idea of imbuing work that is light and palatable with meaning because I was just reading a vanity, one of those gorgy 10 page Vanity Fair articles that was mm. um, talking about a particular author from the, the 60s and 70s in LA who's, who, and how she comes from this tradition that has Marilyn Monroe and Preston Sturgis and you know all these artists who make really brilliant work, but to the mm -hmm. untrained eye, they seem fluffy or uh, yes. uh, unimportant or kind of too light to really be taken seriously. But th that therein lies the brilliance, really. Yes, um, totally. And well, I, I want to get on to all the ways in which you're sort of exploring this work, but I, I'm losing my edge because I always start with a question that I think sets things up so nicely. And it's, this is one of my first interviews for the year. So normally I say, when someone oh, right, says, yes. hey, what do you do? What do you tell them? Look, I love to say that I'm, I'm a performer. I'm an actor and a comedian. Sometimes I say that, but then sometimes, I don't know, because I, I, I feel like I'm a bit multifaceted, babe. I sing and dance, do a bit of voiceover, but I think I, I say that um, I'm a I'm an actor and a comedian first and foremost. I think that's what I what I'm telling people and what I'm sort of like being known as now. So that's the sorry the longest answer to that question you've probably ever heard. No, as a matter of fact, no one can answer that question succinctly, and I think the reason mm. is because we are all different things depending on who's asking. And, totally, totally. And we also get better, I think, at refining it as we go in that I've only, I've been working towards what I'm doing for years and only in a chat with a friend who's great at sort of streamlining and, and sort of working with people in a facilitation capacity was he able to mm. go, oh, you're a creative consultant, no matter whether you're working with a business or an individual or an, a blocked artist or a... Um, yes. uh, a, an agency that needs you to make them something uh, content wise you know that's everything that you do is uh, you sell your skills as a creative consultant and I was thinking wow and I was just running it past all the different ways yes. in which I would need to work and I was thinking yeah 
creative consultant. It's that's, only I ever creative that. and I'm only ever consulting. That's it. Good. That's such a good little, that's like, that keeps it all together. Which I yeah, kind it's of, a, it's just little, I love that. It's beautiful. Um, I feel like that's what I almost <laughs> need. Because I'm even thinking now after I've said that and it's like my background study, like apart from acting and everything was actually um, film and TV and journalism. So I actually was a director and I would love to be able to still direct. And I also love to write. And I think that when I say actor comedian, I think that's why I want to say both because it means that I'm not only a performer, but I also write my own material and I make, I mean, sometimes I guess I can tell people I make silly videos online, but you know what I mean? It's like, you don't want to miss anything out. It's like, I can do it all, you know? Um, which I think is I think comedians look for that actually. The, the comedian yeah. part of that uh, is great because there's no comedian that doesn't have to be a writer and a director totally. and someone who's completely steering the ship. You're not waiting for someone to go, hey, I wrote a joke that I think you'd be perfect for. <laughs> no, oh my gosh. And that's the thing. It's like you're never going to make it if you have to steal other people's material or if you have to, um, if you can't write your own material and have your own voice because, God, there's a lot of people that I guess – Sounds a bit sassy of me, but a lot of people I think that are inspired by other comedians, it's like you've got to find your own voice. And I know I've been inspired by people who do a very similar style to what I'm trying to figure out. But I do think I'm one of the first to do it in Australia. So I'm really trying to make it my own, especially at like my age as well. So, you know, it's a it's a different kind of thing, but it's uh, interesting. It's interesting to sort of hear people be like, I'm a comedian. You're like, are you? <laughs> Well, you've got to start somewhere. I recognise it's no shame in actually just calling yourself the thing. And even if totally. there's a couple of years in the woods where you're not, you're not sure, no one around you is entirely sure, but you're just trying to oh. navigate with a broken no, compass. No, you're so right. And I think that's what's beautiful is it's like comedy does let people kind of like figure out who they are. And acting, I think, does the same thing. But with comedy, it's like you actually have to find out who you are on stage and backstage and you have to write and... You know, it's interesting to see, like, how things can can switch. You can be like, oh, I'm writing this kind of material. Like, that's happened to me probably, like, three or four times where I'm like, no, I don't want to be dumb on stage anymore. I don't want to be, play the dumb pretty girl. I want to be, like, a sassy bitch on stage who actually has a lot to say about current issues and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how comedy gives you that, um, I guess, sort of opens that door for you. Um, as a performer, I had a, uh, I was really experimenting with my writing at one stage as well, and I was thinking that a great way to flex in that way, as someone who loves to lean into performance, was to do open mic nights in comedy space yes. as well. So I rolled the dice, and I did, I noticed very quickly that that the the crowds were really always eighty plus percent date nights, and that, yes. that really. That really allowed me to go, oh, this is not just what I think is funny. This is what a crowd that is usually a very specific crowd of generally pretty hetero, generally pretty, Mm. you know, they're date nighting. They don't want something that's totally perverse necessarily and twisted, which is kind of what I think is funny more often than not. So I was thinking, I have to design a a, a narrative that is appropriate based less on just what I think is good and more on what this particular audience would respond to. Did, totally. did you have a version of that that you oh, were Oh, babe, were 100%. Of your story in I, I, to I totally know what you mean when it comes to, like, 
adapting to a crowd because I feel like with the persona that I play on stage, which I I think I've always been scared to like get stuck in, in that persona and be like, oh God, I can never leave her. Or I can never... But the thing is, at the same time, I'm like, I wish I was like that persona. She's really like, she knows what she wants. She's sassy. She's not afraid to call things out. And I think a lot of crowds, um, like, oh my God, I bombed a gig at Fringe Festival already. I've already bombed a gig. And it was a crowd of like majority, like older, older men, like 60s, like old, like, you know, couples. And I'm talking about stuff where I'm like, you know, I'm hotter than everybody here. And like people in the, in the audience are like, what? Who the hell does this girl think she is? And it's like, they and people don't get that I'm playing a character. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm that good an actor or like, then it, but then that comes down to me. And I'm like, I've got to find a way to be accessible to everybody. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to change my whole act so that I have to self-deprecate or dumb myself down because already, you know, I've got a hard job enough as it is as like a female comedian. And then I'm also not doing self-deprecating humor. So I'm not doing the, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm shit. I'm ugly. Oh, I hate myself. No one wants to date me. Like I'm doing the opposite of that, which is really, really hard in Australia of all places, Dan, it's like, you know, and I can only imagine like doing a gig in front of like a hetero couple as like a gay man. And that must've been really similar as well. We are like, oh, this is not my crowd. Whereas if you were in front of like, you know, a queer audience, you probably crush and you just have to go, well, oh, but it makes you stronger and it makes you go, okay, that didn't work out for them, but I'm going to have to like figure out a way that I can get them. And I found out the way being in Perth and having to hustle at the comedy lounge because there were moments where it wouldn't work. And I realized that I have to like overdo it. I almost play up the character a bit more and I smile a bit more and um, do a lot of, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, blah, blah, blah. like, because I just have to let them in on the fact that it's an act. Um, even breaking character, babe, the amount of times I'll go, I'll laugh and I'll break character and I'll turn around. And sometimes I do it on purpose, which is like little insight into my act, you know? What, that's fascinating because I feel like, you know, that's part of the, part, what, about what I observed in comedians when I was um, spending time in that space was there was always a, a trust gaining period where you were letting yes. them know that they were in safe hands and that you needed to um, reassure them of where you were going to go and that you would be guiding them on that journey. So even so, isn't it funny, these little things that we do just to signpost to the audience that, yes. that, that, that they're going to be okay or that they're in you're safe You're going to be safe. You're totally right, babe. That whole thing of like, you're going to be safe. I promise everything's going to be okay. It's like, and it's hard when you play a character who's like, I would never talk to you. Like, I would never, like, that's one of my, like, jokes is basically where I, like, point people out in the crowd and you just hope that people know that you're joking. Like, I make fun of the comedians a lot. Like, God, I copped a lot of shit from comedians because I think they were like, who the hell is this girl? But I'm, but then I'm, like, overly, I'm such a female, I'm, like, overly nice, like, to compensate. I'm like, hey, guys, like, great set, like, well, like, you know, because I'm worried that they'll think that I'm actually a bitch or something. Like, it's so, it's almost like... It's funny how I've noticed that some comedians don't have like a, a gauge of like of comedy sometimes. They're stuck in their little one track mind. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. The things that we do to make other people and I think we do that in everyday life as well, when it comes to like dating or meeting new people. Um, I guess the difference is you're on stage and you're 
I guess, wanting people to laugh. So that's why you want to make them feel safe because you're like, please like me, you know? Yeah, that's, that's why it is actually uh, different from... Because when I'm engaging with someone in real life, I mm. am instantly sense-checking them for what their um, triggers are in, the, in, in terms of, you know, what kindness can I show you that you're going to respond to, what version of myself would make you have the most fun in this interaction, how mm. can I, now that I understand where you, where, a little bit about you, how can I push the boundaries of that interaction based on what I'm sensing that you're like. But when you're looking at a, a room and that room has, you're just trying to go, okay, gauging the general tone of this crowd Five. and yes. and what they might need, what version of me I need to be in order to access the majority and hopefully everyone else will get totally. swept up in the, 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 the world or the energy. Yes, that's what I think. And it's hard because um, that's what I think sometimes is so great about playing a persona is that I'm also almost like I can hide behind it a little bit but it's really hard as well sometimes when you look into the crowd and there's people I get really upset when women do this but I've got have have had women in the crowd that sort of look at me like you know and I'm like oh like babe this is for you this is this is a feminist thing this is like this comedy is for you and you know it's like and you can't be like babe I'm not trying to take your husband. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, and I'm writing material about it almost to like get people on to, you know, I even say in one of, I don't know if you would have seen, I posted a clip of it the other day, but I, I say like a little, sometimes just to break them, I sometimes go, I feel like you guys hate me because I'm really pretty. It's like not my fault. Like, and it's so funny oh, how like, you know, I obviously don't think that I'm the hottest most attractive comedian in a, like the first attractive comedian in Australia, but even calling myself that really like triggered people. And I was like, Oh God, what have I done? Like, what have I done? What have I done? But then I was like, we've got to grow up. This is like, this is hu it's satire. It's just satire. And, and, um, and if you can't, if yeah. you can't get, if you're not, if you're triggered by the, by the clowning version of this storyline, then what a great insight into you audience member in your day-to-day -day life 100%. because you're paying you're paying to see me clown and i'm still triggering your inferiority yes. complex <laughs> it's almost honestly dan i feel like that's why i really really want to make this solo show and i i am trying to sort of like figure out ways to basically say what i'm trying to say and make it funny but also make people go um, because I feel like it's it is really triggering for people to see a woman on stage tell people that she is attractive and that she's better than better than other people like it's obviously in satire and obviously it probably triggers people it's like reminds me of like the mean girl from high school or whatever I mean I was bullied in high school I was never the mean girl I was never the popular girl and um I think that's why it's very interesting it's like a social experiment to see how men and women react to this persona because it's almost as if um it triggers something in them they either really really hate her or they're like oh i really i oh my god i know women like that they're so stupid or it's like i get it i love it and that's that thank you that's what i that's the reaction because, i prefer obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so juicy to be hated in that space. And once you've, how long do you have in in the shows that you've been doing at Fringe? How long is a set? So it depends. I've been doing sometimes five, sometimes 
seven, eight, and then sometimes ten. Um, right. Cause I think, yeah, maybe really fifteen max. It's so interesting as you work on the the, the work the idea of a show where you are doing you're exploring this for a longer period that sort of journey that you can take people on and I and it's so once you know you've got long enough time to potentially get them back it's so interesting to um, to have them to trigger them and then to midwife mm. them into various states from there once they're open even if that openness comes from uh, an, an affront or something that's that's yes. um, you know a fear response. I totally agree. And I think that that's why I like, I don't know, I find it, um, I've had to learn to not break and to not let it affect me because it does affect me. We're, like, I mean, I'm an actor, so we want people to like us. We're like little, you know, we're like, please like me. Ooh, like, you know, and especially like in front of a crowd of people and trying to turn them. Sometimes I've been good at turning them on to me, which is great. Maybe sometimes I turn them against me. I guess it depends on, on what their style, their favorite style of humor is or um, their political views, because I do say things that probably get people a bit offside. Um, but at the same time, um, I guess that's the beauty of doing something different in comedy is it's like, yeah, you can see any anyone do, you know, your regular jokes or whatever, but um, I get to play someone who might make you a bit a bit uneasy and I kind of I kind of like that it kind of I need to relish in that and not be like oh god guys it's a persona I'm playing a persona like you know what I mean like I don't want to have to do that every time I go off stage um I'm I, getting better I, at that I love, you know I love the idea that this is a, a this journey is um has these wonderful inc like incremental uh, learnings along the way and and this 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 sort of podcast, this channel, this these episodes that I make are really designed to speak to different creatives who are at different stages in their their journey, and and for more than anything, really just to, to motivate people to to get more active in in doing the thing. And I I love the idea that comedy came out of almost like a frustration when you were looking for a way to create work, and I think there's mm. nothing more empowering for a performer than to make their own work but I'm also interested in the idea of how using social media as a means to experiment and shape the, the it's similar to, it has a few few uses for me social media for, for different creatives there's the offering to share the work then there's a development of the work itself and, and using literal data points of response and, and views as to gauge how people respond to certain things and then there's the then there's the promoting of yourself as a as a creative who's offering something and and talk to me about the way in which uh, you have been using social over the last chapter or two yes. to, um, to on this journey because I, I it's such a it has worked I mean I'm I'm here because of it in a sense oh babe oh my god same here and I it's funny when you ask that I just go oh my god like I can't believe how useful it's been and it's the past year one of the i feel horrible saying it because i know corona has been a horrible time for all so many of us and you know what it wasn't an easy it wasn't an easy time for me but i definitely am so lucky that i came back to perth and i had no other way to express myself or show people my silly i don't know um lease on life or um my thoughts on certain things unless i made these little videos and people loved them and people would share them and then 
one of them blew up and then it was like, oh my God, all of a sudden I was on the Today Show. It was unbelievable how, I guess, just like giving, I don't know, giving people um, like a little snippet of like what I think or my writing or my acting or my impressions, like my voices or whatever. Um, I've always posted stories. I always posted Instagram stories. I, I mean, I think I'm pretty funny, you know, babe. So I would always post stupid stories and I would always be like, oh, this is really funny. And then I'd have a few people would respond. And then I noticed that like more and more people would be watching them and I'd have a lot of viewers and I'd be like, okay. But I didn't really think much of it. And I think I always, let, let's be honest, I used to be obsessed with like Vine. I used to watch Vine a lot and I was like, God, these people are amazing. But then in my head, I think I, when Vine like died, I was like, oh God, I don't want to be one of those Instagram like they're just famous from Instagram. Like, I don't want to be one of those. I want to be a real actor, you know? I want to be a real comedian. Because I started doing stand-up as like a... It was like a bucket list thing. Um, I started it when I was at WAPA during the break. I was like, I'm going to do a set. And I just started writing some jokes. And I did it. And then I was like obsessed. And then because of what, COVID... What was the hook? Come... What was the thing, oh, was the thing that the hook... allowed you to, to get... You know hooked? what? The hook is that when you do it, and if you obviously like, I had a few chops. I'm lucky. I had, I knew how to hold a microphone on stage. You know, been been on stage since I was about four years old, so I can't really be like, oh, I just didn't. You know, it was like I knew I liked being on stage, so that was a good start. <laughs> there's, um, there's no Sam Worthington esque origin story. No, here. no, babe. There's I was no, I was wandering yeah. around the back streets of <laughs> Perth. The back, the stage door I was, was open. Plumber, I just babe. wandered onto stage. I was on a, I was a plumber, I, and someone was like, I had hey, no shoes on. Really. I on the stage i just jumped off the uh, off my surfboard at city beach and um some guy was just like hey you'd be great in a movie and uh i thought here i am um oh my god i would that never get over those stories i would never get over those stories babe the that was I, that was one moment. of your more I, I i got lost in the um in the, the deep highlights. dive into the, the, the Sam Worthington story on your social media, on your stories highlights. So for anyone else who wants to go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories around, which is basically around prominent women who get shelved by yes. famous relationships, basically. Famous relationships. <laughs> We've got Beck Hewitt. Beck Cartwright. Beck, Beck Cartwright. Well, Beck Hewitt now, but Beck Cartwright, who was an icon, and then she just disappeared, which, you know what, maybe it's by choice. I don't want to get sued, obviously, but... God, it stresses me out. Um, and then La Lara, Lara Bingle, but then there's more. You know what? Where, there's so many more. Where the bloody hell Katie is she? Katie Holmes. I know, where the bloody hell oh. is she? And what's the name of the third son? That's what I want to know. Um, but anyway, I so basically, like, I don't know. It was my way during COVID. I guess I was trying to keep myself entertained and keep, like, my friends. We were just being stupid during last like last year when the lockdown was happening you know we'd make little we had our own fake logies we had like a logies um my friend laura decided she's like we're gonna have a logies and we're gonna present awards for people and then i don't know i just realized i was like the power of social media and not just instagram twitter as well it's incredible how like i think the first one that really blew up was the um hotel quarantine one and um that wasn't even that big of a blow up, but it was the fact that people were like, oh, this is really funny. It was actually, my friend Lauren was like, you need to do this video, which was, is insane. Were you was that seducing the security guard in quarantine? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> so, and the, the, like one my, that, the one that resulted in the Today Show, that yes. was um, that was the AFL a, grand uh, final. AFL backup, backup dancer, which to me, the nugget of truth in that is so bitter 
That is, mm. I think that re- that's why it really resonated. But t- for those who haven't yeah. seen it, what was that about? Oh, so basically the AFL um, were not going to pay their dancers to perform at the grand final. They're like, hey guys, we're looking for volunteers, you know, for skilled dancers. And I was just like, are you joking? Like, I already hate the AFL as it is. Like... I feel this is really funny. I, I don't, I've probably said it on a few podcasts, but I actually dated an AFL player, so that might have something to know. He's actually nice. He was actually like a normal person, but um, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want people to think that I'm like AFL sucks. Da, da, da. It's like no. I, I was actually in the world, and that's why it really sucks. I, I met all the St Kilda as well. So I, that's how I. I met some of the, you know, the bad people as well. Um, I won't get into it. But anyway, I just was like, this is ridiculous. I cannot believe that a huge multi-million like dollar bloody enterprise, like this, this, um, what do you call it? Bloody uh, company? Is that um, what it is? I don't yeah. Corporation. Whatever. Enterprise. Corporation. <laughs> enterprise. Bloody whatever you want to call it is asking for people to perform for free. And I was like, God, we've all been there. Whether it's be whether it be music, whether it be dancing, whether it be acting, like I I have my toes in a few different ponds. So I've you know sung in bands and I've danced in shows and um, you know been an actor on certain things and I've just been like, well, the exposure, the exposure is going to be great. And it's at the end of the day, it's like, how am I going to pay my bills and how am I going to live my life? It's like. You know how much like money it costs to actually get to the level of performer that we are, you know? And I was just like, you know what? I wrote a really, really nasty, like, I don't even think it was a tweet. I think it was just on my Instagram. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't post this. I think it was like I started to have a go at the AFL cult, footy culture and the way they treat women and stuff. I think I went a bit over the top. And then I was like, you know what? let's give it to them straight. Let's just make a funny satirical video. And then it blew. I cannot believe how much many people resonated, res, resonated with, but I said it on the today show. I was like, but then at the same time, I'm like, you know what? It's exactly why it resonated with people because it's pretty stupid that it continues to happen. Um, you know, like I've already been asked to do gigs for free during fringe. Like it's just the way it is. People expect artists to work for free. Cause it's like, Come on, don't you want to? do you want a bit of exposure? People see you. Da, da, da. And you know what? Maybe it does work that way sometimes, but fuck that. I'm sorry to swear, to... but I'm over it. No, no. I th- look, swear away. I feel like it's um, it's just also. Uh, that was a really great example of a big straw that broke the camel's back in terms of yeah. creative industries, especially during COVID, are really feeling undervalued. And there's so many examples of, you know, like once upon a time when I was at uni, I would say, hey, guys, let's make a music video and we'll work for free. And it was, you know, it was a perfect example of us upskilling ourselves and just yes. to get better at doing the thing we love to do. But then you have literally the wealthiest industry in entertainment Five. industry in Australia, which is AFL, which is, you know, if anyone was going to be able to um, cover the cost of, you know, a, a oh base God, hourly rate for rehearsals and performance. The amount that they pay their players, I'm like, I can run around and kick a ball too. I'm sorry, it's harder to be a dancer. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, it's really hard to be a footballer. Like, I, I know how hard it is, but also, come on. Like, don't be... Don't be so like naive. You're like, oh, if you don't want to do it, you don't like, I remember people coming for me being like, well, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's like, that's not the point. The point is when you're a multi-million dollar corporation, you can afford to pay people 200 bucks 
for a fucking performance. That's what you can do. Minimum. <laughs> you know, like minimum. Just get them. To, just get them a cab to the to the ground. For God's oh, sake. please, anything. Get a bloody minibus. Use one of the ones from bloody Collingwood. I don't know. What's the, I don't know the team's names. I'm just like it's yeah, and it's amazing how it resonated with people and I couldn't believe how many people that like I respect in like comedy and stuff were sharing it and I was like oh my god like this is amazing and then I got a bit of pressure of like oh god I've got to make another funny video that's like about something um and I was like <gasps> but I mean I did I did a little Basil one but I think I'm also like I don't want to be one of those people who's constantly having to make stuff I feel like that is great but also to I don't know make the people hungry. I was like, I don't want to be just like feeding them. I mean, I post a lot of stories anyway, but I was like, I don't want to keep like just making stuff for the sake of it, you know? Um, it's a, it's a great, it's a great idea. I think because anyone watching this has probably had to look at the, the way in which they respond to the never ending hungry beast that is social media I and whether or not, you know, it's, it, it seems that you're someone who, has made great work when it comes from a, a real place of something that you want to say or something that's rubbed you the wrong way or something that is the has a nugget a kernel that's really um, got some truth to it and so the authorship is is the thing that drives the storytelling and yes. that to me is that to me is really a, a great way for anyone who's working out what their approach towards the machine is mm. is to go well if you are have if you have something to say then say it but don't feel like you have to think come up with something in order to say it i mean totally. tragically the algorithm algorithm has been designed for frequency so that everyone yes. feels compelled to all right 6 p.m every second day i'm going to post Quick. something and then i'll be in totally. people's feeds and be in their lives and so it's just negotiating how you work yes. with the the way in which the machine has been designed in relation to your own creativity and mental well-being, I think. I, I agree. And I think it's also, like, from a mental health perspective, I think it's important to give yourself breaks and not put that pressure on yourself because I'm not getting paid to make videos every day. Like, I, I love to make silly things and, you know, sometimes I do like to just post things on my story first and, like, gauge how people respond. Like, you know, like I posted... Um, so funny how that this even blew up. Um, I did like a little impression of um, the Adriana from The Sopranos and like I posted on my story and it got like a bit of traction. And then when I posted it on my feed, it like blew up and I had all these like guys from New Jersey and like America following me and I was laughing so much. I was like, I can't believe social media is absolutely wild. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I really want to make more videos of... Um, you know, the impressions and stuff. And I was like, God, have I run out of time? And then I was like, you know what? I just, unless I really like have the time and the energy and I'm in the mental headspace to do things, I was like, then I'll do it. I was like, I, I've shown what I can do and I've shown my skills and like, cause I look at some people and I'm like, oh my God, look at these people with millions and millions of followers and they've just got video upon video. But then I'm also like, I, I'm hustling still out there and I've got other things happening. So I'm like, I think as long as you know what you want to do, and if that is to make a video every day, I think I would love to be able to get to that point at some stage. But also, I'm learning, especially from last year, that it's okay to do nothing. I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad at doing nothing. And I have been like that since I was little, little, little. Like, I'd always be doing going to dancing or like leaving pre-primary early to go to like gymnastics or something like you know like it was insane and I've always been like that 
and I'm like, you know what? It's actually okay to stay in bed and watch a movie one day. Like, it's actually okay to do that. And I'm like, is it? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just I, I, I think for me, the, it's the ex- allowing yourself to experiment with what ultimately yields the greatest sense of well-being. I, I think if you're totally, um, if you're someone that like, it's it's the, the difference between posting for the sake of it versus posting because you've got this thing that you're really excited to to, to say. If you are, mm. for me, the the true litmus test is, you know, how how good does it make me feel and how sustained energetically am I? And yes. just, I always feel like responding to the ebbs and flows of life in terms of sometimes you're just on and for two or three, for a week or two weeks or a month, you're just making it rain ideas and content yes. and work. And then sometimes you just have to be, I mean, how great is it to, to allow yourself to just lean into whatever energetically is there? I mean, it's the best. It is the best. Because it's honestly like, you know, that's been, I think, the beauty of like being your own boss. Like, I don't, I mean, I have an agent, but ultimately I'm making everything and doing everything. Technically, it's all me. And I'm, you know, making sure that I don't make anything, post anything offensive and like all that kind of stuff. But like, it's amazing when you're, when you actually are your own boss and you can be like, you know what, today I'm going to take it chill. I don't have to post anything today. Or like if I'm feeling a bit anxious, like don't post anything today. Like being, listening to your body and listening to your mental health as well. Cause I feel like that is something that, oh God, we, we don't do often enough. And I think, um, I'm definitely getting better at that. Um, and at the same time, when it comes to like posting things, um, you know, I want it to be fun for everybody. Like I want it to just be a bit silly and like it was on my story. I was like, I love to respond to people. And, and I think that that's really fun because, um, sometimes it can, it can be really hard. Like, and let that be like a warning for people that do want to post stuff on social media. You are going to get people that are going to be negative and they're going to come for you. And you do, do have to take that on board and you do have to learn to deal with it in a way that's not going to, I don't know, it affects you in the long run, um, you know, because that is huge. Good, it's good to remember what your measure of success is. And, and ultimately you want to, we were saying before, you know, being liked or, or having people respond positively. That's that's a really, that's got to be a nice byproduct, I think. I don't think you can live and die by people's opinions because I think no. as a creative, you have to be true to your authorship and your storytelling first. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll post something and maybe because of the time of day that I've posted or the fact that there's, it's, you know, the, there's so many variables that would mean something would get a great response or a mediocre response. And sometimes, you know, there's that, uh, will it sort of, you're so drawn into kind of checking how successful something's been based oh. on the response. And yes. you really just have to, I find, just can it and go, I put that there because I need, I wanted to say that thing. And ultimately, yes. if someone responds, that's a gift, my gift to them. But if no one responds, then that's okay too. And if someone has a bad response, then that's my gift to them to hopefully be triggered and look at look at the reasons why. Babe, literally, literally. And that's such a great way to look at it, almost just to be like, like, because that's, I think, how I felt by like posting videos that weren't about like a social issue. Because I posted one after about like Basil Zemplis, the mayor from Perth who made the transphobic comments. And that went really well, not as big as the AFL video, but it still had a great response. And people were like, oh, this is really funny, blah, blah, blah. I still had negative responses. People wanted to say that it was racist. And I was like, I'm Greek. I can't be racist to my own kind, but okay. Um, uh, But like, 
everyone wants to find a way to bring you down and you just have to have a find a way to deal with it and I think also after that like you said I was like I want to make some silly videos that aren't about you know uh, someone in the that, that I know aren't going to go extremely viral but also I just want to make people laugh and I like to make things for myself that make me laugh as well and me and my friends and you know I have to look at obviously they're not going to do as well as that viral AFL one but at the same time you have to know how to measure your success like you said like is it just you know about making the people close to you laugh and then you get if you get a few extra fans that like it isn't that great as well but at the same time make what you want to make and the response you're just gonna have to learn to to deal with it in different ways and I love the way that you explained how to deal with it that's that's the best way I think just like yeah, I, I think the response has to be uh, secondary or yeah, the response yeah. has to be inconsequential to what, why you're making it and what you choose to make. I, I think totally. if you, um, you can, I, there are learnings to be had in terms of like, oh, that time of day, that time of week was a really good time to post that type of mm. that style of content. When I'm sharing something like that in future, I'll remember that so I yes. can allow as many people as possible to see it. But I think if you if you if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And that totally. if your only measure of success is like, oh my god, people liked it, it's it makes you kind of a little bit, um, you know, hungry for it. You start to oh, crave it, the approval. You're almost and, looking and, just for that approval, um, and it's like that's not no good work either. gets made. Yeah, in service of that. I actually noticed no. that so many pop, pop artists that, are, that we all love, and, you know, for, for me, I, 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 I genuflect to the Church of Madonna, but she yeah, does love, not... Love. She, I, I, I heard a thing recently saying she doesn't actually know what's, what's going to be a success or not. Oftentimes, the things that she thinks people won't respond to, they go wild for, and the things wow. that she thinks are going to be a surefire hit, they don't. And even as... You know, after 30 years of doing what she does, yes. of being a, 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 a god, she an still icon, doesn't... An icon, yeah, literally. An icon still, still can't... There's no sure things. And so I think... But that's the thing. If you're an artist and you're not replicating what you've always done previously because you are looking to push and further your oh. artistry constantly, there there is nothing but an educated guess as to what you think could work. But really, you're making work in service of your storytelling. Totally. That's totally. got to be, that's got to be it. You know, I needed to tell yeah. the story and if it, and if it, if it soars, amazing. And if it, you know, if it, if it um, lands, if it, it does, and, yeah. bombs, so be it. If it bombs, babe. And that's um, why I think doing comedy is so great because you do have to be resilient and sometimes your jokes are going to bomb and you are going to have a bad set. And that, I mean, with online videos, at least you can delete them at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, at least you can just delete them and be like, oh, well, that one didn't work out. At the same time, it's like you've got to be resilient and you've got to be like, I guess, know what, you, what you're trying to say, what you're trying to make, what you're trying to do and just be, stay true to that. Because, you know, I, I got a lot of flack for calling myself Australia's first attractive comedian. I was like... I nearly deleted it out of my bio. Where is, the, so where is the lie? Where is the lie? Babe, where, where is the lie? Dan said it, so it's not a lie, okay? Um, but it's great because, you know, comedians are notoriously, you know, I, I remember reading an article about how Julia Morris's career, stand-up career, plummeted when she went from being a fuller-figured performer to being as slim as she is now because there was, her entire shtick rested on a certain pathos that was... Yes created by looking a certain way and if you're svelte and gorgeous 
then some people just don't want to hear about it, you know? Oh, yeah, you're not and funny. So you can't be the whole package, babe. You can't be the whole package. It's very anti-comedy to call yourself attractive. And also, obviously, it's satirical. Like, obviously, there's... I mean, me going, obviously, it is. Like, isn't it? No, I'm kidding. Um, it's like... it's. I just found it really... Playing the persona and calling myself that, I thought it was so fun and silly and obviously a joke. But the fact that I had a lot of older female comics um, really upset about it. And it really actually upset me to the point where I was like, oh my God, I'm a bad feminist. I need to take it out of my bio, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I never said female comedian. I never um, want to put down other females. This is also, I find that such a white feminist thing. It's a very white feminist thing to be like, you can't say that you're pretty because that's, it's like, babe, I don't know, go see a therapist. If you think that you're beautiful, I just saw a TikTok about it and it was like, if you think that you're a 10, great things will happen in your life. The only people that say that you're a three or whatever are men and like straight men, let's be honest. And what the fuck would they know? Babe, like go out and just be a 10 and act like a 10. And honestly, great things will come. Take it from me. <laughs> do, do, do you know that 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 to me is so magical, and I and I don't know if that essence, that story, makes its way into your your set. But I feel like if you were experimenting with a journey to people to go on, I love the idea that you could leave everyone going, uh, you know, with that somewhat acknowledgement of the the fourth wall curtain of going yes. of that. If everyone just lived their lives as a ten, because that that means that you've been doing that to us yes, the whole time. Yes. And there's a joy to your set when I have seen snips of it where, you know, you're saying things that are, con that are provocative and somewhat mm. controversial, but the yeah. character is having the time, is having a wonderful time. Oh, she's, she's having, having the best time. And she's like going around, like, I can't stop, I almost can't stop writing jokes, making fun of male comics. It's really bad. Like, I can't help it because it's just so much fun. Don't ever that persona. <laughs> I can't. But also, I'll take, but also I'll it's, for you, it's such wife, a boys club, but, you know. The guy, um, the male comics, uh, straight white male comics have been dominating Australian comedy since the dawn of time. That Mate, it's they about, own it. Like, you, it's about you fucking have time. Carte blanche. It's my time. I'm gonna go. I'm going in. I'm going. <laughs> it's my time, Hollywood baby. And I'm just like, no. You know what? I'm gonna do what I like. It's very anti-comedy, but also. I think that's why it triggers people. And coming back to that, where I just go, you know what? I hope it does. I hope it makes people realize, oh shit. Like, you know, I, I don't have to dress down or I don't have to look a certain way to be a comedian. I was like, I'm gonna be, I guess me, but also a heightened, heightened version of me. And um, I'm gonna tell it like it is. And I think I love that whole thing of putting that in a show, being like, act like a 10, and great things will come to you because I think that's you know the whole it's what it's about it's about like us especially with women against other women putting down other women so that they feel better about themselves it's like if we rise, raise each other up like life's gonna be so much easier for us you know I, I, I love also that because that net, that narrative thread runs through the, the stand-up routine I've also observed that when you're sharing other ideas and other bits of work that you've, you've uh, been playing with on social, mm. the, the, you're not in the same character, but there is still a continuum into the other ideas that you play with and share. And I'm, I love the idea that they, they, they could potentially support and fuel each other, but that everyone who is watching this and who is looking at social and looking at their work 
and, and the ideas they want to put out in the world. Everyone, it's the word brand is so so overused and so nasty. Oh, but it I is, feel, it is. But, but yeah, I, but let's just let's just reclaim it because you know. No, but you, I feel like you know what, baby. Best way to describe it, I think, is calling it that. You know, it's yeah. Because there's lots of touch points to a brand, and I feel like with with you, there is a um, there is a sense of there's a knowingness and a sense of humor and a tone of voice that is pervasive across all touch points of your brand. Yes. And I think no matter what someone was looking at, whether they were whatever your point of view is, whether you're a ceramicist or a musician or a stand-up comedian mm. or a poet or a you know or an author or a painter your your per point of view is everything i think your yes. essence of your perspective and you are an artist who plays a character and the character has a hyper realized version of what the artist's point perspective and point of view on the world is because there's yes. truth in that and and i love the idea that when you are just as Eloise sharing ideas mm. that there's still uh, that that you still share, there's still a continuum to the point of view so that everything becomes an extension of, of the brand, so to Thank speak. Thank you. And that's exactly what I, I think, unintentionally have aimed to do. I think sometimes it is unintentional and then sometimes I'm like, oh, thank God. I think people get the sense of humour and that's why they follow me and they know that it all connects. Like, even when I do British Bookworm Shy Girl, like, that's just me taking the piss out of, like, the male fantasy. And the fact that like men prefer what a little a little girl who's really shy with like a British accent like I I just find that that's that for me is so funny and even when I play her I'm like you you got to know that there's like moments that are that are me coming out in that as well and I'm I'm obviously it's obviously a, a joke and it's it's a character but um yeah the things that I'm that I'm saying like when I do like a Q&A as her it's like I hope people know it's like oh no she's she's making points like I'm 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 not just sitting here you know being a clown for nothing um and I don't think my comedy ever was going to be like that Dan I don't think I ever sat there going I really want to make um, um you know make a change or whatever and I think it just happened and I'm so glad it did because obviously love to be funny and be silly and like of course I still post things like that but making a point of something or like you know inspiring in a different way or taking the piss out of something in like a bit of a satirical you know um backhanded way i i think is definitely part of my brand now and i think i kind of like love love that i can do that and i love that that's what i'm getting known for because i'm like yes like i can do this and it um it opens my i don't know it opens my mind to so many different avenues I didn't think that I, I, I could sort of access, you know? It's, I love it because it's so uh, interesting going back to that notion of th making things that are... Because you you've use the term silly, and I think silly is sometimes a nice way of um, labelling something that's that's frivolous or delightful or, yes. you know... Um, <laughs> like, and but, but also that sort of stuff, it's always, as well as being silly, it's always delicious it's easy to consume it's light oh, it's thank you. you know there's so there, there's so many yeah. ways to to um to make ideas that are otherwise too much for people to look at or want to look at uh, mm -hmm. to make it more palatable by packaging it in a way that is that is delicious and that is moorish yes. and that is fun and you know n not too hard to to to, to digest on because it's coming yeah. to the package yes oh that's a beautiful way i'm gonna get you to write my bio now from now on um <laughs> babe, you're so good at it i'm like oh god you describe my 
my brand better than I can. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. It's like, I, I think, you know, it's so much fun to laugh at yourself and it's so much fun to, um, to laugh at yourself. And then also when you're making a point about something is like, if you can make it silly and then make it almost like too, too silly that people can get the point. It's like, that's why the AFL video, I think went as well as it did because it was so, so ridiculous. And I think that's why I, I love that style of, of comedy just to almost be like, also even my stand up persona, it's like the idea that a girl like that would do stand up is so funny to me. Like, that is so funny to me that a girl that's like, I'm like better than all the comedians, like goes up on stage and just like does comedy. I was like, that would never happen in the real world. And that's Something why that's, it's so that's, funny that's, to me, you know? For the for those that are uh, only paying very close attention, every time I've seen that girl that you play on stage doing a routine, she's always got a full blow wave and a full ah! face and a full, like, and a fucking look. You know, it is. Like, she I does. Thinking, there's something that that is. I'm like, I bet Eloise uses that tax deductible blow wave as Babe, an excuse. I, to... you know what? That's exactly what I'm. I'm gonna have to start doing. I, I'm such an idiot for not tax deducting it already. But that's exactly why I'm like, babe, that girl can't have this woggy, you know, freshly washed hair on stage. Hello. <sighs> So Everyone's good. gonna be like, "What well, I, is this? I mean, like an Effie, like a, a takeoff Effie?" I'm like, "No, I'm doing, I'm not doing wog comedy." Um, but no, no, yeah, but this, no, the, totally this is you're, you're, it's great. You're joining the ranks of you know of the Effies of the world, but there's a new version of that girl that is, um, you know, that like this is the 2.0. Like I think what you're experimenting yeah. with is so speaks to now, and I think that what Effie was trying to do in that clowning, because I grew up loving a, a, oh, a, a love Mary now. Custis, yeah, um, beautiful, yeah, love. yeah, you know, hi Effie, good thanks. Oh, um, hi Effie, good thanks, embarrassment. <laughs> um, she's the best, so cute. <laughs> totally, but there were, that was actually allowing uh, people to have fun with the awkwardness of that kind of, you know, the, that racial tension that's been oh, that, that has been around since the sixties. And so this is a new level of t social tension that you're pointing with, pointing and playing with. And I think it's, yeah. it's delicious. It's Oh, thank you, babe. And I think also like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, a white girl who like, yeah, I guess what conventionally attractive, like thin, white, like, you know, obviously sometimes I've got woggy eyebrows. God, that's, it's so hard to be me. Um, but you know, but the point is, it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to, um, to say that my life's harder than anybody else's when I do stand up. I'm just trying to make a point, especially about like feminism and about the way that we treat other women. Um, and also the way that men treat women. I think that like, if I can make a few jokes and make that point, make some points about it. I mean, that would be, it's like the cherry on top when people, um, can get can can get it and I'd love to bring my other characters on stage eventually. I would love to bring British Bookworm Shy Girl on stage. I just want to figure out how to do it. Like whether I like walk on stage with all the books and like fall over and like drop them all and try and do a set like her. Like oh I just I feel like there's so much especially you know what I also am, have been so grateful for is the queer, like the, the gay community. Honestly I feel like that sense of humor is very um very common with like drag and um that sort of like biting you know roast kind of humor and i'm obsessed with it and obviously i i do my version and i've been so lucky to have the support of the gay community and i hope that you know they 
they know that when I, whenever I bring up, you know, things about like in one of my jokes, I'm like, there's a girl who's like looking at my nipples and I was like, surprise, you're a lesbian now. Like what a great community to be a part of, you know, like I always am trying to like make little points to support because it's like, you know, I don't think I would, I, I would be as, um, doing as well if it wasn't for them as well, you know, to be honest for, um, yeah. that style Get of humor. Quick. It's very, very popular, I think with, you know. Yeah, queer queer audiences are notoriously early adopters of oh. neighborhoods, fashion trends, comedy. So I would say if you continue to piss off people outside, the, the queer community is your litmus test. Because if they're oh, on board, literally. that means that eventually everyone else will be on board too. But if you totally. are not, if you're not pissing off some of your straight counterparts now, then oh. you're not doing your job. Well, that's the thing. And I think as well, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it's, I mean, maybe some people get like a bit of flack for it, but I feel like the queer community is not afraid to sort of call, call shit out, you know? And that's why I'm almost like that biting sassiness, like that, like, you know, being around my, my gay friends and stuff, I'm like, this is the way we should all be. We should all be, you know, giving it back to each other. But at the same time, it's like, you know, who deserves to be given it back to the most is like, white straight men it's like i like you know love them and obviously i'm friends with a lot of them but you know i think people are like oh god she makes fun of like white men a lot she makes fun of the comedians a lot it's like yeah i do because i'm sorry time's up like i'm allowed to make fun of them like what are they making fun of what they've made fun of other races and and you know people with different sexuality to them and it's like well you know what time's up babe it's like yeah, i'm gonna make fun got, of yeah or even making fun of women. Worth. Oh, babe. And even making fun of women who put down other women. And obviously, you know, that sounds really counteractive. But, you know, I'm starting to be like, I'm not afraid to call out this, like, internalized misogyny that we've constantly been, I guess, like, and it sounds really silly to be like, as attractive woman, women, like, we've really had to, you know, deal with it. But it's like, it's kind of this weird thing, this weird, like, unspoken thing of, like, yeah, put down, like, the pretty dumb girl. And I'm like, oh, that's why I think I used to play dumb in my set. And I was like, not anymore. I can't. I was like, mm. I'm not doing it anymore. Because I don't think it lends to it. I don't think it helps anybody. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's... Well, mm. when, you, um, when you're making work... Do you, how do you, do you have to design, like, if you know that you're looking to be really productive, do you have, do you encourage a certain, um, any certain lifestyle uh, design or tools in order to make sure you're able to, to write that set, to write that show, to invest creative energy yeah. in a way that's as, um, as useful as possible? I'm definitely thinking, like, so I feel as if, I mean, while I've been, when I was in Sydney, um, which I'm about to go back. So, you know, I'm going to have to be very careful of, you know, how I get back into, into things. But I felt like I was almost like, it's such a busy city. It's so go, go, go that I would constantly, I just wouldn't stop. And I didn't know how to stop. And I think I would get extremely anxious and I didn't know how to deal with that. And I think coming back to Perth, um, because of COVID made me realize that it's okay to stop and it's okay to take time for yourself. And, you know, I, I need to exercise or do a bit of like my dad got me a pass for Christmas at um, the yoga studio that he goes to. So I've been doing, you know, workouts and yoga in the morning and, you know, not every day. Um, if I've got gigs on, at night, sometimes I, I'd rather not in the morning. Sometimes I need my rest. But, you know, even just um, 
starting the day with something because it is a very uncertain profession to be in acting and comedy um starting like that i guess being i guess open to like to receive information and just like even just like being around gigs so like i found myself sort of like watching a lot of comedy you know making sure that i stay at gigs and watch what everybody else is doing and i don't know kind of like just inviting all of that in and um just trying to make sure that i uh, maybe maybe i should stop drinking as much coffee because i get very anxious <laughs> but i like you know um i don't know all the all those little things of just also during the day if i've got if i've had gigs the night before and i've had a late night you know it's okay to sort of spend the arvo in bed and and do a bit of writing and, and resting like having a bit of time in the day to do that and i'm definitely not I'm not saying I do that every day and I'm not saying that I've, um, that that's something that I, you know, um, think everybody should do every day. I'm, I'm getting to, to learn to be a bit more like that. Cause I think, you know, um, I've been honing my certain set lately, like as in, I've been making sure it's really tight and now I'm like, oh my God, doing so many gigs at Fringe, babe, it makes you go like, I need more material. Oh my God, all these comics are here doing all this stuff. And what am I doing? Like, you know, it, it makes you hungry. It makes you work harder. So I think just like throwing yourself in, but taking those times to even make sure you see your friends, but make sure you also have time just for you as well. Um, all of that stuff. I hope that made sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, that's really good. That, that, no, no, that, that, that speaks to two very different modes, which I think are really crucial as well there's the one that's sort of um you're putting yourself in the line of fire for inspiration and you're in an environment that's very uh, that's cross-pollinating your awareness with new ideas and you're seeing you're seeing how other people are working and so f no matter what someone's um craft was observing more examples of people doing that craft is always going to be being, oh, uh, so beneficial. Yeah, totally. And, uh, and then, then there's the yin uh, flip side of that, which is don't be afraid to give your body exactly what it needs. I mean, I, you're speaking to something that's very um, pivotal for, for me at the moment. And this, the Janu my MO for January was mm. to just be as relaxed as possible. So when, yes. and the, funny, the, the ironic thing is, as I have been observing myself on the intersection of do I go and do more work or push myself harder or do I relax or watch a movie or go to the beach or meditate or I've always encouraged myself to err on the side of the most yes. relaxing thing and Babe, ironically totally. I've been more productive Babe, because isn't I've actually that mild? Been, yeah I've been loving it's observing amazing. how effective this is yes and I think I'm doing the same as well I'm almost like you know, I haven't got that much time left in Perth. Enjoy it. Because I know that when I get back to Sydney, things are going to be bam, bam, bam. You know, it's going to be intense. And I need to to make sure that I use this time now to choose the relaxing. Choose that, you know, go to the beach. Choose, like, watching a movie. Um, because I know that I'm going to have to hit the ground running when I get back. And I won't be so lucky. I won't have, like, my mum making dinner and stuff. So, you know, it's like, it's going to be on. Um, but isn't it amazing that when you choose that um, that other side, you it's amazing how you slowly learn to, like, not feel guilty for doing that. And you almost become like, you know what? This is exactly what I need. And then I can get up tomorrow night and do three gigs in a night and do really well at them because I'm in mind, body, soul, ready to go, you know? 
I, I think it really helped for me. One of the things I'm experimenting with, which I think is universally useful, is going too far to then know how to pull back. So right now, too far is too. Mm. Be so relaxed, be so rejuvenated, be so well slept, be so... I'm just going to lean into the most extreme version of this new thing I'm trying to invite. And then when I start to go be less extreme, in once regular demands of life start coming back in, I will have just gathered more research as to what that looks like and how to do it so I can yes. have it integrated into my... To have that, yeah. Already. Good. So I, I think sometimes it's good just to go, I, what I need to do is to just be more rejuvenated. So I just, I'm going to find out what that looks like at 11 and then I can just work with totally. a nice eight once things No, babe, of course. I think that that's exactly what I need to do as well. Like I, I do feel like when I was in Sydney, I guess I was walking around a lot. I didn't really have the money to be doing workout classes all the time. And then I was like, no, I think I, I, I need to find the time, even if it's just at home, just to do some stretches or, you know, do a workout class maybe at least once a week, just so I can feel strong in my body and feel like I, I, I don't know, that, 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 it's amazing how even that for mental health is just so amazing because I think I used to do a lot because when I was dancing, I was boxing and dancing at the same time and I was so active and then I was like oh my god getting back into it your body's like I hate you but also then it's like thank you and it's amazing how it almost puts you in a better mindset and you feel stronger on stage you feel stronger in life um and it's also about like the food you eat, drinking a lot of water um I mean I'm not someone who uh, yeah I was gonna say that diet, actually but you know which I also need no, to get I... my water it's over here <laughs> I, I was gonna I was gonna say that uh that is ex that is if because I've made that my mo for the whole for the yes. month, it has been influencing all of the micro decisions that I would make in my week. For example, which friend I'm going to spend ask reach out to to spend time with, what mm. form of exercise I might choose to do, whether I'm going to have another coffee or maybe a coconut water. You know, all of the mm -hmm. all of I'm I'm trying to experiment with how does that mindset influence as many decisions that I would make throughout my day as possible because yes. sometimes it's really hard to pivot from just having this super hectic yang lifestyle oh. and then all of a sudden go but I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes but but everything else in your day has been hectic oh, babe. But, exactly but why but why not just go okay how does relaxation as a as a mo work its way into as many different decisions as possible and then try and create a super nurturing environment throughout the whole yes. of your lifestyle as opposed to um, kidding yourself into thinking you can just oh. do it temporarily and assume that you'll feel better. I agree. I think that that's also why, oh, even what you said, like what friend am I going to hang out with? It's like, I think that's almost one of the positives that came out of COVID. It was basically being like, you know what? If someone's not, you know, making me feel positive or if someone's not giving me, you know, um, like, or, or I don't know if I have the energy to see certain people, it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to say, no, I, I, I don't want to hang out today. I'm really, really sorry. Or, you know, you've got to obviously respectfully make sure it's not extremely last minute and you're letting people, you know, because I think that can also um, backfire sometimes. But I also find it it's just been really important to to know your your limits. And because I think I'm someone who would almost give too much of myself to people, whether it be someone I was dating or just friends or a family. It's like, 
that's also something that, um, you know, I'm learning to deal with. I also need to get back into meditation. But after all these classes I've been doing, we've been doing meditation. It's like, I don't know if I'm that good at it, but it just, it's amazing just to have that time just to go Zen is, is great. Whether you're great <laughs> at it or not, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's all part totally. of, um, yeah. It's so, it's, it's, it's it feels so, you, you know, yeah, it's, it's super, uh, ironic to have the, the, yeah. I'm not very good at it as a as a mo into <laughs> in, as a mindset into meditation. Literally, but it's, it's beautiful. So it's funny. so it's, yeah, because it's as a dancer, like, you yeah. are trained to be good at things. So, Babe, yeah. it's like almost like what's wrong with me? Like the whole, your whole life is like what, why? Even when you do yoga, like yoga is so it's so funny because I think I'm like that dancer in me is like oh my god, I need to get this, I need to be the, the longest legs, I I need, how far can I how? go, and it's, oh babe, how far can my leg, mm. why isn't my leg at 90, you know, next to my ear, and what? that girl's ears, it's like, and you have to almost go, no, stop, don't care about anybody else, also, know what your body needs for that day, like, that stuff is so important, um, you know, when it comes to everything, if your body wants to eat a burger one day, eat a burger. Like, don't worry about it. But also, if your body mm. needs something healthy or whatever, nurture it. Like, nurture yourself. Drink lots of water. Drink coconut water. Like, all of that stuff. Like, I'm, I, I suffer from migraines really badly. And it's amazing how, like, I don't know, even just, like, taking a lot of time to chill has almost, like, made less, like, Murphy's Law. I'm like, touch wood, you know? Um, but, like, but it's amazing how even just, like, taking the time to relax every day, I'm like... Oh, I haven't had a migraine in a while. And I you know what allowed me to get rid of... Because yeah. I suffer from migraines as well. And what oh really God, helped yes. me to... Um, <laughs> to uh, is a jet, it's a jet lag technique, which is earthing yourself. Just go sit on the ground. And wow. so if, if you're finding it... Because I don't know about you, but I can feel a migraine coming on six or seven hours before it actually lands in a way yes. that's almost like, hey, I've got that weird feeling that I sometimes get before I get a migraine. I wonder if I'm going to get one. And then I always would get oh, it. So isn't it the worst? Kind of, you know, you know when it's like even six hours away, and yes. so if you, if I'm, if I ever get that sensation arising, I'm like, oh, okay, no more caffeine, all the water, all the grounding, and then if yes. I want to get really like, if I'm, you know, I'll even choose to eat like roasted root vegetables and things that yes. are very earthy to kind of just bring that energy. Isn't down. that amazing? Oh my god, it's so mm. funny because I remember well I, we had to reschedule because I had one. I love how I was like, I haven't had one in a while and I was like, oh no, I take that back. I have had one recently. But it also um how funny I find caffeine always helps me. It's almost like it it's like um gets the blood rushing and it gets rid of them. Right. So I have to have like a strong right. iced coffee. Isn't it wild? Oh, it's it's wild. Which I also feel like that's also people would be like, don't have caffeine, which is, that's why I find it really <laughs> funny. It's almost like a preventative for me. But then sometimes when I don't like, have caffeine, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's no. the drink of yeah, my people. I'm like, hello. Um, it's so funny because I never used to drink coffee and now I'm like, oh, frappe. I, I never used to drink. <laughs> yeah, frappe. I've got, oh, babe, we're in Mykonos now. Um, and I used to be like, oh God, I never, um, never drank coffee what was i thinking and then it's amazing though because like it makes me so anxious as well like my anxiety gets so bad with coffee so i'm like oh it's like this win like win lose situation i'm like i think i have to have decaf <laughs> unless i have a migraine coming you know um but, but yeah good, oh, good. it's just little 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 life rules that allow you to, totally. to navigate without thinking too hard about it exactly um, I, oh. well i am um, i've loved i'm so thankful for us being able to have a chat today and i love oh. that the, the the power of social of Instagram has brought us together, but oh, I, same. we're so looking forward. To, I'm so looking forward to having you 
IRL in Sydney in a, in oh, a matter babe, of weeks. Same. I cannot wait. Honestly, I'm very, very excited to meet you in real life. And um, it's been so <laughs> lovely to meet you over virtually. It's so beautiful. Well, just, just, just one question though. Has, has, has this been flirting as, as someone who's babe, officially... Can I be honest? This has been flirting since like before you even pressed record. This has been flirting. Sorry, Jason. I, I, <laughs> look, I just needed to know because I felt like it was flirting, but I just, just good to actually. Oh confirm. my God. Am I going to, is Jace going to come for me? I'm scared. Uh-oh. Look, he, he knows that I've got a penchant for sassy, sassy <laughs> wogs. So, you know. Yeah, like I think, I, yeah, well. Yeah. You know, I was, I was sorry, Jason. Exactly. I'm, I, I like. I hope that you know when when I meet in person, we'll make sure that he sits in, in between us. So you know, that's flirting. Actually, Flirt, I'll probably be flirting with both of you. You know what? That's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thank babe. you so much. It was so great having a chat, and I, I, um, I loved it. It was really. Oh really, my gosh! Thank really you fun. so much for having me. It was so great to talk to you, and honestly, and I feel like now we're best friends, and I absolutely love it. So thank <laughs> you for having me. It's so lovely, flirting. Sure. I guess. <laughs> oh, babe, you have a great day. Awesome. Thank you. Too. you. Okay.